Fixing Feature Suppression in SAEs. By Benjamin Wright. Produced as part of the ML Alignment Theory Scholars Program, Winter 2023-24 Cohort under advisement of Lee Sharkey. Here's a formula. Sparse autoencoders are a method of resolving superposition by recovering linearly encoded features inside activations. Unfortunately, despite the great recent success of SAEs at extracting human interpretable features, they fail to perfectly reconstruct the activations. For instance, Cunningham et al., 2023, note that replacing the residual stream of layer 2 of Pythia, 70M with the reconstructed output of an SAE increased the perplexity of the model on the pile from 25 to 40. It is important for interpretability that the features we extract accurately represent what the model is doing. In this post, I show how and why SAEs have a reconstruction gap due to feature suppression. Then, I look at a few ways to fix this while maintaining SAE's interpretability. By modifying and fine-tuning a pre-trained SAE, we achieve a, here's a formula, decrease in mean square error and a, here's a formula, reduction in the perplexity increase upon patching activations into the LLM. Finally, I connect a theoretical example to the observed amounts of feature suppression in Pythia 70M, confirming that features are suppressed primarily based on the strength of their activations, not on their frequency of activation. Heading. Feature suppression. The architecture of an SAE is. Here's a formula. Here's a formula. The loss function usually combines a MSE reconstruction loss with a sparsity term, like, here's a formula, where, here's a formula, is the dimension of, here's a formula. When training the SAE on this loss, the decoder's weight matrix is fixed to have unit norm for each feature, column. The reason for feature suppression is simple. The training loss has two terms, only one of which is reconstruction. Therefore, reconstruction isn't perfect. In particular, the loss function pushes for smaller, here's a formula, values, leading to suppressed features and worse reconstruction. Subheading. An illustrative example of feature suppression. As an example, consider the trivial case where there is only one binary feature in one dimension. That is, here's a formula, with probability, here's a formula, and, here's a formula, otherwise. Then, ideally the optimal SAE would extract feature activations of, here's a formula, and have a decoder with, here's a formula. However, if we were to train an SAE optimizing the loss function, here's a formula, we get a different result. If we ignore bias terms for simplicity of argument, and say that the encoder outputs feature activation, here's a formula, if, here's a formula, and, here's a formula, otherwise, then the optimization problem becomes, here's a formula. Here's a formula, therefore the feature is scaled by a factor of, here's a formula, compared to optimal. This is an example of feature suppression. If we allow the ground truth feature to have an activation strength, here's a formula, upon activation and dimension, here's a formula, this factor becomes, here's a formula. In other words, instead of having the ground truth activation, here's a formula, the SAE learns an activation of, here's a formula, a constant amount less. Features with activation strengths below, here's a formula, would be completely killed off by the SAE. Subheading. Feature suppression is a significant problem in current SAEs. To experimentally verify that feature suppression affects SAEs, we first trained SAEs on the residual stream output of each layer of Pythia, 70M with an L1 sparsity penalty, coefficient 2 times 10 to the power of negative 3, on 6 epochs of 100 million tokens of open web text with batch size 64 and learning rate 1 times 10 to the power of negative 3, resulting in roughly 13 to 80 feature activations per token. The residual stream of Pythia, 
70M had a dimension size of 512 and we used a dictionary size of 2048 for a 4 time scale up. If feature suppression had a noticeable effect, we'd see that the SAE reconstructions had noticeably smaller L2 norms than the inputs. Therefore, the expected ratio of the norms, or L2 ratio, can be a proxy for measuring the presence of feature suppression. Indeed, figure 1 shows feature suppression to be significant, with all but the last layer showing that the reconstructions are less than, here's a formula, the norm of the activations on average. There's an image here in the text. Figure 1. The average value of the SAE reconstruction L2 ratio, that is the L2 norm of an SAE's output divided by the L2 norm of its input, plotted for the SAEs of each layer of Pythia 70M. Heading. How can we fix feature suppression in trained SAEs? Here we evaluate a few different methods to fix the problem of feature suppression. The general approach will be to take a normally trained SAE, and then fine-tune a subset of its parameters without the presence of a sparsity penalty. Freezing parts of the SAE is imperative to prevent degradation of the sparse structure of learned features. We first slightly modify the SAE by introducing an element-wise scaling factor for each feature in between the encoder and decoder, represented as the vector. Here's a formula. Here's a formula. Here's a formula. Here's a formula. In our experiments, we permit different sets of parameters to train, labeled by a method name as laid out in table 1. There's a table here in the text. Table 1. The trainable parameters of each fine-tuning method. We also include a baseline method which is simply training the original SAE without any changes to architecture or loss function on the same number of tokens. We expect there to be no change in the baseline method if the SAE is already trained to convergence. We fine-tune the SAEs using each of these methods on the same 100 million token subset of open web text, and made no change to other hyperparameters. Most of these methods, except for the encoder method, converged by 20 to 30 million tokens, which is much faster than the SAE pre-training. As a caveat, it may be worth training for longer than is strictly necessary for convergence if you wish to analyze how extremely rare features are, modified by fine-tuning. Subheading. Fine-tuning reduces feature suppression. The first thing that stands out about these different fine-tuning approaches was that any method that fine-tuned the encoder led to a drastic reduction in sparsity, figure 2. This is clearly undesirable, so in future plots we omit methods that fine-tune the encoder but full versions of the plots are available in the appendix. There's an image here in the text. Figure 2. The average number of non-zero feature activations, L0, among fine-tuned SAEs, plotted over all layers of Pythia 70M. As shown, the unrotated encoder, encoder, and unrotated all methods drastically reduce sparsity compared to original, which showcases the original SAE sparsity. We next show that the scale, decoder, and unrotated decoder methods address the feature suppression issue in figure 3, which expands figure 1 to plot the L2 ratio for our other methods. Each fine-tuning method greatly improves the L2 ratio to be closer to, here's a formula, as desired, although there is still some gap left in layers 1 through 5. This may be due to missing features in the encoder and other errors that cannot be recovered in the decoder. There's an image here in the text. Figure 3. The average value of the L2 norm of each fine-tuned SAE's output divided by the L2 norm of its input, plotted over all layers of Pythia 70M. As shown, the fine-tuning methods, scale, unrotated decoder, and decoder, increase the norm of the outputs. Next, 
we examine how well our fine-tuning methods improve upon the reconstruction loss, and the perplexity of the LLM after patching in the activation reconstruction. Figures 4 and 5 use a fractional scale, where a 1 means the fine-tuned SAE has completely recovered the original LLM's performance, and a 0 means the fine-tuned SAE has done just as poorly as the original SAE. The decoder method reduces reconstruction loss MSE by, here's a formula, figure 4, and the perplexity gap by, here's a formula, figure 5. MSE and perplexity values in addition to other metrics for each individual layer are also included in the appendix. There's an image here in the text. Figure 4. The fractional reduction of mean square error, MSE, reconstruction loss for each method of fine-tuning, plotted over all layers of Pythia 70M. The fraction of MSE reduced across layers are, here's a formula, and, here's a formula, for the baseline, unrotated decoder, decoder, and scale methods, respectively. There's an image here in the text. Figure 5. The fractional reduction in the perplexity gap between the original LLM and the patched-in reconstructed activations, for each method of fine-tuning and each layer of Pythia 70M. The original SAEs would have a score of 0, and perfect reconstruction would lead to a score of 1. The average perplexity recoveries across layers are, here's a formula, and, here's a formula, for the baseline, unrotated decoder, decoder, and scale methods, respectively. Heading. Activation strength causes feature suppression. In this section we analyze how our fine-tuning methods address feature suppression. We look from the lens of feature activation frequency and activation strength. Taking a look at a graph of empirical feature frequencies in figure 6, we immediately see an almost discontinuous jump in activation frequencies in the middle for all but the last layer, which has a slightly more gradual change. We found that the features on the infrequent side of the jump were essentially dead features with no significant change upon fine-tuning, and therefore we exclude them from future plots. We also note that the graph looks mostly similar if instead of plotting feature frequencies, we plotted the sum of activation values across the dataset. There's an image here in the text. Figure 6. The, is a formula, of the fraction of tokens on which each feature activated, sorted by frequency for each layer of Pythia 70M. Note that a frequency of, is a formula, refers to a single activation on the whole dataset. We focus our future analysis on layer 5, but the results are similar for other layers. Subheading. A theoretical example predicts frequency isn't a factor. Our illustrative example, is a formula, predicted that the frequency of a feature's activation, is a formula, would be independent from the amount that feature gets suppressed in a trained SAE. This is because, in the single binary feature scenario, an SAE would learn activation values according to. Here's a formula. This formula does not include. Here's a formula. Therefore, when adding new features to the theoretical example, as long as each feature has sufficiently small interference with every other feature, an SAE will treat each feature independently and similarly to the single feature scenario. Moreover, Activation strength is a factor when considering the multiplicative scaling factor, is a formula, but not when taking the difference between SAE activation strength and ground truth strength, is a formula. Subheading. Fine-tuning does not fix regression dilution. While our illustrative example didn't show much of a relationship with frequency, there is a separate way in which frequency can cause features to be poorly represented by an SAE, which is regression dilution. 1. Feature suppression is when the sparsity term in the loss function induces smaller feature activations. 2. Regression dilution is the effect where adding noise to an input of a linear regression results in a decreased learned coefficient.
this effect is not based on any sparsity term in the loss function. We believe the frequency by which a feature activates may have a relationship with regression dilution, because of interference with other features in the encoder. The rarer a feature is, the more likely any activation of that feature is due to accidental interference from nearby features. This results in the learned SAE feature being noisy, and therefore regression dilution results in a lower feature activation. Because regression dilution is an artifact of the encoder, it is not something that our decoder-based fine-tuning methods can fix. Therefore, we still predict no relationship between frequency and empirically observed feature scaling upon fine-tuning. Subheading. Experimental measurements agree for activation strength, disagree for frequency. Our illustrative example from earlier predicted that scaling after fine-tuning anticorrelates with activation strength, and is independent from frequency. While figure 7 supports the trend for activation strength, it also shows that frequency is not independent. The correlation between, is a formula, and, is a formula, was, is a formula, while the correlation between, is a formula, and, is a formula, was, is a formula, contrary to predictions. Even when isolating the impact of frequency or activation strength, the other variable still had a large magnitude of correlation with scaling. The partial correlations were, is a formula, and, is a formula, for, is a formula, and, is a formula, respectively. There's an image here in the text. Figure 7. A scatter plot showing how much each feature was scaled by for the decoder method of fine-tuning compared to the frequency of activating and how strong each activation was on average. We see that scaling is largely based on the activation strength. Meanwhile, the illustrative example also predicted that the impact of average activation strength vanishes when we consider the average change in activation strength instead of the learned scaling factor, and the experimental results mostly agree, as plotted in figure 8. Then, the correlations between, is a formula, is a formula, and, is a formula, became, is a formula, respectively, showing that activation strength has significantly reduced in importance. The partial correlations also became, is a formula, and, is a formula. There's an image here in the text. Figure 8. A scatter plot showing the additive increase in each feature's average activation strength for the decoder method of fine-tuning, with the frequency of activating an original activation strength on the X and Y axis. There appears to be a noisy relationship with frequency. Heading. Conclusion. In conclusion, training with a sparsity penalty leads to suppression of features, predominantly features with frequent but weak activations. By inserting a scaling factor and fine-tuning the decoder without the sparsity penalty, we can achieve a, is a formula, improvement in reconstruction loss and a, is a formula, recovery of perplexity without changing when features activate. Even with nothing but a scaling factor, which in theory means interpretability should be unaffected, fine-tuning can achieve a, is a formula, improvement in reconstruction loss and a, is a formula, recovery of perplexity. This work suggests that if we want to insert our SAEs into our models and use their outputs in the forward pass of the model, which we might want to do to study the effects of different features on model internals and outputs, then we should consider fine-tuning the scale of the learned features post-SAE training, or we should identify some other way to reduce feature suppression. Heading. Appendix. Subheading. Related work. Feature suppression is similar to what happens in the lasso method of linear regression where there is a L1 penalty on the weights in addition to the squared error reconstruction loss. LASSO stands for Least Absolute Shrinkage and Selection Operator. 
As its name says, lasso regression tends to both select a sparse set of the input dimensions to use, as well as shrink the usage of those inputs. This effect is well known, and besides choosing different sparsity penalties, one proposal is retraining the linear regression without lasso after lasso selects a sparse set of parameters. Belloni and Cherno Dukov, 2009. This approach mirrors our approach to mitigating feature suppression in SAEs. Li et al., 2019, also point out how freezing parts of a language model during fine tuning can be a good idea, which is similar to our motivation for keeping the encoder frozen while fine tuning SAEs. Subheading Extended data. We show the full version of figures 3 and 4 and 5, including the methods that allowed parts of the encoder to train. There's an image here in the text. Figure 1a. The average value of the L2 norm of each fine-tuned SAE's output divided by the L2 norm of its input, plotted over all layers of Pythia 70M. There's an image here in the text. Figure 2a. The fractional reduction of mean square error, MSE, reconstruction loss for each method of fine-tuning, plotted over all layers of Pythia 70M. There's an image here in the text. Figure 3a. The fractional reduction in the perplexity gap between the original LLM and the patched in reconstructed activations, for each method of fine tuning and each layer of Pythia 70M. Subheading Summary statistics for SAEs. There's a table here in the text. Table 1A Metrics for the base SAEs and the fine tuned SAEs under the decoder method. L0 measures the average number of feature activations per token, and L2 ratio measures the average ratio of the norm of the output to the norm of the input. Dead features shows how many of the 2048 features never activate on the dataset. Subheading. Low strength the high frequency features also rotate more. We measure the cosine similarity between the decoder dictionary vector before and after fine tuning. Future work could examine what causes rotations in more detail. There's an image here in the text. Figure 4a. A scatter plot showing the cosine similarity between each strong feature before and after the decoder method of fine tuning compared to the frequency of activating and strength of activations. Any cosine similarity below 0.95 is clipped to the brightest color for ease of viewing. The features had an average cosine similarity of 0.983. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on February 16, 2024. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.